What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the UFC State of the Union podcast. This is going to be episode 32. Uh, my name is Brian Vosper. I am the host. Um, in this episode, we are going to recap UFC 289. Um, this is the Aldana versus Nunes card with the people's main event, Dariush versus Oliveira. And then I'm going to go into some basically some fight announcements um, this week. Dana just... One of those situations midweek just announced a bunch of bangers. Then kind of we got the ultimate fighter, and then I'll also give my predictions for the card tomorrow, Cannoneer versus Vittori. So kind of diving into it here. And also, you know, I might even touch on this because it's literally happening right now. We got, you know, some PFL. We got PFL card right now. Um we got Bellator also right now. We just had um, Pettis, Pettis versus Pitbull trying to go for the Pitbull trying to drop down and weight, go for the 135 pound belt. You just had Yoel Romero versus Nemkov. Nemkov literally ended probably like ten minutes ago. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I'll just kind of I'll kind of start from the top. Um, let's go start with the card. So I think. I'm just going to maybe start from the bottom and kind of go like up. So the Canadians on this card went freaking undefeated on this. So Canadians just went off this card. I think I'll start with, um, I want to say I called this actually before this card got announced. Um, Miranda Maverick versus uh, Jasmine Justavizius. I I want to say that looked like a trap. Um, because I want to say in the past, you know, Miranda Maverick has had odds like that where I want to say she was like a minus 300, minus 400, something really high. And Jasmine's only, she was, I think, eight and two going into that fight. She does have a good ground game. And I always thought, you know, I feel like Miranda Maverick's ground game is very overrated. And I was like, you know, I think that spread is way too high. I think we might be looking at another trap here. Um, and yeah, and it happened. I mean, Miranda Maverick's ground game, I feel like it's it's a path to victory we are seeing that a lot of fighters are able to exploit. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's just kind of I'm, – I'm a little confused why it keeps happening um, where, like, she keeps coming out as, like – so high on the odds but just throwing that out there i might be on the miranda maverick hate train right here but i mean just uh for anyone that bets like keep an eye on that if she gets matched up against someone that has some ground game and the odds look kind of very you know (laughs) very kind of like a big spread Keep that in mind because there have been a few situations like that. Uh, I want to say, I forget the exact fight it was, but there was another situation exactly like that. I think she was like a minus 400 um, and she ended up losing um, basically off grappling. And then so when these odds came out and I saw that same thing, I was like, oh, hell no, staying away from that. I mean, it just didn't, (laughs) it looked like the same thing. And so, yeah, that's kind of, because the reason I say that is because like Jasmine was like a plus two eighty or something. So keep that in mind if you ever see that happen there. Um, Chris Curtis, dang, that was brutal. He got hit when I was watching this live. Like it looked like an eye poke, but apparently it was a headbutt. Um, legal shot, nonetheless. It turns into a no contest, but dang, 
man, that's the second fight in a row for Chris Curtis where it's getting messed up by by headbutts, the Gaslam fight, and then now that. It's like, dang, that's pretty brutal. Going to the main card, yet Eric Anders versus uh, Burial. That fight was a freaking banger. That was just back and forth freaking craziness. Um, my my guy Nate the Train. I kind of had a feeling if he couldn't get a takedown and kind of grind this out, like it was gonna not end too well for him. I think I was thinking you guys stand up was just too good. That's what ended up happening. He got pieced up a little. Yeah, there's just. Yeah, I mean, that might be an under-exaggeration. Pieced up a little. He definitely got messed up. Um, there were some moments, yeah, that fight was very close to being stopped, but he made it all the way. But I think we'll still see him again. He's still got um, stuff stuff to work on, but, yeah, he's still a fun fighter to watch. Going into Malat versus uh, Fugit. Um, or, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm not going to ri- risk pronouncing it the other way because it sounds too... <laughs> Yeah, you know. But anyways, Mike Malott, this guy's just awesome to watch. Uh, I had a feeling that fight was going to end in a finish. Like, he just has a very high finish rate. Um, and, yeah, I got that submission. Um, when I saw that kind of happening, I was like, oh, man, this guy's going to land that. That's kind of his move. So he got to guess that. It would be cool to start seeing that guy. Maybe get a maybe get someone in the 10 to 15 slot. You know, he's he does look super good. So I think I think it's time, you know risk it a little give him a ranked opponent let's see what happens um and then because it's out it's a welterweight i think he could roll i can welterweight's not the the deepest division i could see him you know i could see him go with some of those guys um you know see what happens um olivera versus darius people's main event this fight freaking made the mma world happy right here dear lord olivera just this is probably one of the first in a minute where he didn't get clipped. But, I mean, he did have Daryush try to basically, in my opinion, kind of pull exactly what Islam did. You know, not afraid. Let me go to the ground, test it, test that ground game. But, I mean, it was before, you know, Oliveira hadn't taken any, he wasn't like clipped or anything. And so it goes to the ground, but yeah, eventually gets stood back up. Oliveira shows his ground defense there and, you know, gets up. And then the sequence, that KO sequence was just freaking beautiful. Um, yeah, I think the the fight, that 100% makes sense. That was a number one contender fight. Islam Makashev was saying even before that fight, he wanted Daryush to win. If Daryush wins, he's getting, giving him the title shot. If you're saying stuff like that, man, and Oliver comes in and freaking smacks the dude. Um, you know who's next now. It's Oliveira. So round one KO by Oliveira. I think he just cemented himself. That's the that's the next title shot. Makes sense. But all the Makachev fans coming in droves here saying that, oh, it's going to be in Abu Dhabi in October because there's an Abu Dhabi card. I don't think that should happen. I think what you should do. It only makes sense. Oliveira already went to Abu Dhabi to fight Makachev. That is the most pro Makachev crowd you can possibly get. I don't think you should be able to. I don't think you should get home court advantage twice in a row. Um, if some of these guys like on social media, like man, if like you comment like one thing, like 
about like how it's not that that shouldn't happen or should be neutral territory, man, you get like 5,000 Makachev fans like coming at you, basically like trying to say this guy's in the same conversation as GSP and Anderson Silva already. Just the most wacky stuff on planet Earth defending Makachev. But um, I think just realistically, what you should do is do a neutral either. You know, I don't think they're going to go Brazil. But, I mean, that would make sense. You know, repay the favor and go Brazil. Or, I think, just go neutral. Big t- big pay-per-view. Um, Vegas. I think that's the, that's what you do. Do neutral territory this time. Um, make it fair. Um, and people are like, but Makachev's from Dagestan. He's not from Abu Dhabi. It's like, dude, like, the guy's first name. Let's, let's kind of connect the dots here a little. The dude's first name is Islam. What religion is big over there <laughs> in in the UA in in UAE? It's like that's the heartland of that religion. It's like, come on, man. So like that guy, Khabib, everyone is royalty over in that part of the world. And so to act like it's not like that doesn't kind of like change things a little. You go you're going into a stadium where it's like Every single person is an only is um Makachev fan. It's like, come on now. I think go go neutral this time. And I think also if you were to kind of do it for the fans, I think the most you know the favorite one of the most favorite fighters in the U.S. right now. Look at that guy's social media following, Oliveras. The fighter that people want to see in the U.S. right now, one of them is Oliveira. So it makes sense. Don't do it in Abu Dhabi again. Hey. Do it for the fans. Make it on a stacked pay-per-view card in the U.S. I think that's what you got to do. And I think that makes sense for the rematch. Go, you know, neutral territory again. Or neutral territory instead of, hey, we're just going to give Makachev, you know, Abu Dhabi again. I don't I don't think that's right in my opinion. But, and I want to see kind of like, um, I want to see the rematch be like kind of balanced as possible. So I think that's kind of, I think that's how I would see it in my opinion. But that's who's next. Um, Nunes versus Aldana. Man, Nunes shows again, you know, just just the levels to her game. Um, that's just, um, there was, I think, there might have been one. I think there, I'm going off memory here, but I think there was one moment in round, it was either round one or two. She got clipped for a second. But other than that, she dominated that fight. And then she retired. It makes sense. You know, I mean, there's nothing really... I mean, she's basically cleared out her division. It already they're already kind of phasing out 145. Um, so yeah, there's really not much left for her, and so makes sense she retired. Um, and so yeah, that's um, and then I think but with the 135 strap, there's been kind of like some like rumors, kind of like what you can do here. Um, so with the 135 strap, I think there's a few options. So one thing that kind of went under the radar, because I don't feel like she's super big on uh, on Twitter, but Valentina tweeted something today that she got a call, good news, um, while she was in Viet- Vietnam. She is preparing for a rematch with Alexa Grasso. I think, in my opinion, what that call could have been today was maybe it was a call, hey, if you beat Alexa Grasso, get your belt back. We want to do vacant title you versus Pena two for the vacant one thirty five strap. Give her a chance at getting double champ, and I think that is a very winnable fight for Valentina, considering 
she subbed her round it was like round two and um man or juliana pena is just always talking wild like even in the presser that week was saying um basically saying i was wanting i was winning the fight up until i got caught in the arm bar um she said the sim- similar kind of thing about the amanda Nunes rematch when she got 50 43 basically saying um uh i didn't lose i just like ran out of time it's like lady you got 50 43 like you got dominated though for five rounds like no you didn't run out of time <laughs> like you got messed up <laughs> and so yeah that lady says some wild stuff but i think that could be one option for the vacant 135 drive if valentino wins against grasso because it makes sense um the other option um aaron blanchfield threw her name in the hat said hey i'm willing to move up to 135 and fight for that vacant belt that is another option I could see also happening, and the UFC would market that as an opportunity to see the youngest female UFC champ in history. Um, I want to say Blanchfield is 24 right now. Um, have to look that up. Let me double check. Um, let me double check this. Yep, 24. And so, yeah, that would be... Yeah, just turned 24 a little bit ago. And so that would be, I think, the other option you can go. Maybe go Blanchfield versus Pena. Um, I don't think, if you look at the other fights there, like, I mean, there's, like, some of the other options is, like, Pena versus Raquel Pennington, Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Um, Let's be real. No one wants to see another Holly Holm main event or title shot. Let's be honest here. Um. And so I think fresh blood um, and Valentina has a history at 135. I mean, she's got the wit. She's got a win over home. She's got submission over Pena. I mean, so it makes a hell of a lot of sense in my opinion. But um, yeah, that, that's how that card went. You know, I think there's a lot you can do um, with what happened there. Let's move in to the bangers that got announced also this week. So this would be, let's go here. So this is one of those situations, you know, Dana just midweek just decides to announce a crap ton of bangers. First one, let's go into Sandhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov. I think this is one of those situations where it's, so it's number four versus number 11. I I like looking at the positives at what Dana does. I am not like a ultra Dana hater or kind of like, that guy is always out to get people not paying people whatever like always like hater i try to look at the positives and i think this is one of those situations where like dana does hook fighters up um i think what happened you know he and he even said like no one wants to fight umar which makes sense i mean he's ranked number 11 right now saying hey it's a top five um i think this is probably one of those situations where maybe Dana like some people say like well they have a con a fight contract there definitely have been situations where Dana has hooked people up to whether that's like taking fights on short notice, doing stuff like this, or even like if you kind of look at like post fight pressers, like maybe someone got straight up robbed, or there's like, I don't know, like a kind of situation where maybe someone maybe should have won a bonus but didn't. Um, because there's, there's just a lot of good fights or whatnot going on. He's been asked and he's like, I'll take care of them says stuff like that you can even think of examples like K- 
Kevin Holland, like the whole kind of situation that happened with, you know, Holland, Kamzat, Leach, D-Rod, um, uh, Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, how they had to swap all the fights. Everyone there definitely got paid a good chunk of change. It wasn't just fully off the contracts. Like, everyone got hooked up. Even Leach, he should have won his fight. He got robbed by the judges. Dana said, hey, I'm going to give him his win bonus. Make sure he gets taken care of. So, I mean, I think in this situation, the reason why I say all that, I think Sanhagen probably got hooked up here to accept this fight. Not like a bribe, but it just makes sense. Like from a business standpoint too, like if you, you're you trying to book really good fights, but maybe, yeah, it doesn't make much sense for Sanhagen, but maybe you can be like, hey man, like I know this is how much you get paid. How about we throw 300 grand to you if you accept the fight? <laughs> Whoa, now we're talking some life-changing money. UFC could definitely do it. <laughs> um, maybe in situations like that too, maybe there's NDAs involved um, because... If you think about it in some of the situations where you like know fighters probably got paid um, under the table or something or got hooked up, you a lot of times you don't hear them talk specifics. So like, for example, like Kevin Holland, um, I think he's even been like with the comms that situation, situation, I want to say he's been straight up asked, like, how much do you get paid? And like, they, they, it's always vague. Um, so the media don't, doesn't get to like run with stuff like that. And I think there's a reason there. Um, so that's just my opinion. Um, I mean that it would make sense from a business standpoint too, like to not, like if you paid someone a, like a, a good, good chunk of money to do something like that. Yeah. You probably wouldn't want it going like full blown public depending on how much it was. And so, yeah, it's, um, it makes sense, but I think, I think Dan is a good guy. So I think he, I also, though, I'll, I will throw this out. I am a big believer, though, revenue share in the company. I, I've always, I think that should go up for sure. But I think he does, if I'm focusing on this, I think he hooks, hooks people up for sure when they do cool stuff like this. But fighter pay as a whole, it does need to go up for sure. But um, sorry, that was kind of a, a big tangent there. But how do I see this fight playing out? Odds actually just came out. I want to say Umar is a minus 300. I think Umar's going to get a submission here. I think so. I think the ground game is just way different. Um, similar to um, when when Sanhagen went against Sterling. This is like a different level of ground game um, that I... I mean, it's always possible with um, how lanky Sanhagen is. You can catch him, but... I think this guy has way too high a fight IQ. Um, I could see, and, we, and we're, we're seeing now that Umar can crack too. So I think he's going to, I don't think he's going to purely strike with Sanhagen. I, that's where Sanhagen has the advantage and his length and reach. But I think he's going to be able to use his striking, or Umar's going to be able to use his striking, get it on takedown, and then that's a path to victory. You can find a submission or something. So I, I see that happening. Going into the other banger this is the one where i'm gonna throw a brick at my tv when it's going on just kidding i love both these fighters um holloway versus korean zombie in singapore um this fight been one in the making legends fight legend fight um it's a volume striker versus a counter striker but i think just zombie i think is gonna i think i think holloway just throws too much volume I don't see this ending well for for 
for Green Zombie unless if he can maybe mix in some wrestling and maybe do what he did to like Poirier back in the day um, where, you know, Korean Zombie has some slick submissions and some sneaky stuff. Um, on, if he can do something to throw Holloway off, go to the ground, I think that's going to be his strategy. But if he just purely stands, marches forward, I think Holloway throws way too much volume. Yeah, it's not knockout punches, but at the same time, no one likes eating freaking 300, 400 significant strikes. I don't think that's going to end well. And I think throughout his career, I think the damage is adding up on Korean Zombie, especially after, if you think about it, after, after the Volk fight did not look good, man. That was a lot of damage he just took. Um, I, I don't think he can keep doing that. And so this is, it's probably looking like a potential retirement fight here, um, depending on what happens. If Korean Zombie loses, I think this might be a retirement fight. But um, but yeah, I'm not counting him out. But I think Holloway, I think, is going to win this, if I had to guess. Then we're going into the last banger that got announced, which would be... Good gosh. Uh, about to remember. Holy crap. Gone versus Spivak in Paris. So... Yep, this one also awesome. The only thing that is a little concerning is how Gon just got submitted by Jones in the first round. Spivak has really good ground game, but at the same time, that's John Jones. Uh, Spivak is not John Jones, so I think people are going to underrate Gon in this matchup based off what happened in the John Jones fight, thinking like everyone's going to like just. Oh, just take Gon to the ground. You win. Anganu did it. Gon, uh, John did it. Like, now we're getting a ground specialist with Spivak. He's 100% going to win. I think people are just counting Gon out. Um, I think he's. I think Gon's actually going to win this, in my opinion. And so, uh, that's I've got Gon by KO in that fight. And yeah, and then, you know, we had a good um, Ultimate Fighter episode. That was uh, pretty good. McGregor's team, 0-3. And then I can even talk about the, oh my days, the McGregor drama going on right now. Forgot to mention that. I'll talk about that. I think what's, oh man. I mean, there is a clip by, I mean, we don't have all the details here. But, so, for those who don't know, you had the, um, McGregor goes to the Miami Heat game, um, game four NBA finals. They do a skit with the mascot, um basically fake knocking him out um which i mean supposed to be fake punches him once he falls to the ground but i think if you actually go look at the clip the follow-up shot looks pretty bad actually i think that follow-up shot did damage and the guy actually did get sent to the er and all the sports pages posted it so let's be real heat mascot it's probably gonna be the highest paid mascot in a little (laughs) but then what ends up happening um news comes out either it was either yesterday or today um mcgregor is now in the middle of a lawsuit where kind of simply put um lady accuses him of basically security trapping her or basically escorting her to like a bathroom against her will with McGregor. He pops out of the stall and basically um, sexual assault happens. Um, 
non-consensual stuff happens and um so basically he's basically a rape rape uh basically a rape allegate accusation happens so um but what really makes it kind of bad in my opinion is a clip came out today um kind of showing you know this lady getting escorted by it looks like by security um and mcgregor going into the bathroom the the story from hers you can look up the articles like it it sounds like not exactly what happened but at the same time just thinking about this it's like dude what the hell are you doing man even putting yourself in this situation like it like the clip just doesn't look good (laughs) it is not a good look it's like but you're you're married with three kids you got another one on the way and like connor like at this point it's like dude you're worth so much money like even if this is complete bs like we don't have all the facts like it's still a terrible look and it's like man stop putting yourself even remotely close to these situations like you know especially like if even if it is bs the thing that happened with the mascot you know like that's kind of going to create that's creating a situation where like people know that person's probably getting paid but someone can easily like you know throw something else in here and this isn't the first time where mcgregor's had some legal situ- legal troubles like this where he's getting accused of stuff um we don't have all the details if it was true or not but i mean the video i mean it's it's not a good look and so man i think uh yeah this guy at this point i mean it's just if this if it's false i think another thing that maybe they need to i mean i'm not a lawyer but i mean maybe a thing they got to think about is if these are full-blown false they mean me need to th- start thinking about like maybe counter suing because otherwise this is gonna keep happening where he keeps getting um hit with accusations and it's like yeah it's not good um so yeah that's kind of the mcgregor drama right there um then you had um but yeah his team <laughs> weird tra- weird weird swap here back to that episode his team is down Owen three but also, I, th- I think back to how the Volkanovski-Ortega season went, where, um, you know, I think, I want to say Team Volkanovski actually started kind of like that, where it wasn't going too hot, and then they were able to get on track. So um, we'll see what happens. The season's going pretty well so far. Um, and yeah, and then let's talk about my predictions. Well, I guess I can mention this also. Um so you know one thing that came out today so pfl is going on um really in my opinion there's no one really there for nganu like as far as like a exciting fight um as far as like a they're gonna try to say it's a super fight there really is not anyone there in my opinion um so but one thing that kind of is a red flag is he got interviewed tonight and said they're looking at the beginning of 2024 for him to fight and i was just kind of like looking up like kind of dates like so last time he fought he was 35 he's if you know beginning of 2024 or he fights i want to say he's gonna be 37 um i mean it's like he's kind of He's starting to, he's letting a lot of time pass by. Um, 
I think he still beats everyone in the PFL, but at the same time, it's like, man, um, I think it's just kind of brutal to see that. But at the same time, I just wish he had changed managers. Um, I think that was really the big the big blunder right there because, I mean, you can't have a manager that's, like, accusing Dana of being racist as well as, like, he had a history of just coming at the UFC a crap ton over the years and Dana trying to hurt their reputation. You can't do that type of stuff and then think you're going to be able to ask the UFC for – health insurance a boxing clause ultra max contract and then think they're just going to straight up ignore that your manager was saying that type of stuff and so and that's one thing like Nganu never really acknowledged like what markel martin did um that's like it's like dude like you kind of almost seem in my opinion it almost seemed like you kind of brushed it under the rug it's like dude like that's like some pretty bad stuff like you can't you can't say stuff like that and then think that's not going to hurt you in a business deal, especially if they are the ones drafting the contract for you. They're probably not going to they're probably going to just like be like, OK, here's your offer. Like it's a good offer. But yeah, forget any of those extra additives you want. Like if you want to be if maybe we were on good terms like and or you weren't didn't have a manager that's freaking calling me racist. Maybe I might be able to <laughs> do something, but no. <laughs> and so yeah, I think that's that's something interesting. I always think about I'm like, dude, like he never really acknowledges that. But anyways, and then the fights tonight, um Sir- Sergio Pettis got the win, his decision win. Um, man, that commentary, though, in these fights, geez, in these Bellator fights was a little kind of biased. Like, Nemkov even got, like, caught, like, the fight, uh, Romero versus Nemkov was, like, I mean, Romero just kind of way too slow of a starter. But, um, yeah, Nemkov won by decision, but there was a moment he Romero was pulling some drunk drunken boxer strategy and he actually caught Nemkov and then even the commentators were still like this is a dominant showing by Nemkov and like even like right after he got caught it's like dude like I mean yeah he's winning winning the fight but it's like dude if the dude just got clipped (laughs) like I don't know if you can say like this is a dominant out like it's like geez okay guys let's 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 hold the phone a little bit um but yeah i i still i think the interesting thing also that's gonna be um scott coker announced in the next 60 to 90 days we might actually see an announcement of pfl possibly bellator because bellator is starting to field offers from a potential partnership and i think it also was interesting that with pfl and bellator on the same night tonight what if they did just say hey let's stop doing that let's just partner boom done i think that could be could be interesting but at the same time we're talking depth with both their rosters i mean yeah it definitely makes them a bigger player um but it's still at the same time the the names are still the ufc is growing at an exponential rate and it's only getting better and so yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens though, but that's gonna be interesting. I was also saw a Twitter post like uh, talking about like you know media deals. One thing I thought that's gonna be really interesting is in twenty twenty five when you know the USC's deal with ESPN expires, 
it's going to be really interesting to see how big of a deal that turns into now that especially the UFC and the WWE are on the under the same umbrella and the same company. I think whoever wins that deal, oh man, I think that's going to be a monster deal. Like the the ESPN UFC deal was already a multi-billion dollar deal. But we're talking like what it's going to be next in 2025 and then WWE's um media stuff ends in 2026 but there actually have been things they've been talking about that they wouldn't be opposed to doing like a um like a joint media deal oh man if you were to whatever that in my opinion just whatever deal happens there is going to be a monster deal and i hope i hope you know that could lead to increased fighter pay um Hopefully that can help with the revenue share situation because you can't keep having this revenue like this type of exponential growth and not start to, you know, think about that type of stuff. And so I think just the revenue share does need to go up, get it to a normal level. I mean, that's really what needs to happen. But, yep, let's go into sorry, this is kind of a longer episode of me talking a lot. But here, let's go into Vittori versus Cannoneer. Um, the Vittori versus Cannoneer card. So let's talk from the top. Vittori versus Cannoneer. What do I think is going to happen here? I think Vittori's got a blockhead. So I think Vittori wins by decision. Hmm, odds here. Minus 25 plus 105. I got Vittori by decision. That's what I'm going with. Going down to the... This one is interesting. Like Armin Saryukian versus Joaquin Silva. Why isn't Ar? I'd have to look here. I think Armin must have had a like an opponent fall out or something here because uh, Joaquin Silva is unranked. Saryukian is number eight. It's kind of interesting what's going on here. Um, Joaquin Silva though coming in at a plus seven hundred, super underdog. Bet the house. Just kidding. Don't do that. That that would be bad. But maybe it might be an upset. I've been thinking for the longest time that Sarukian, I feel like, has been talking a little too much, just like how Makachev has been talking a little too much. Um, basically acting like Sarukian even this week, actually. Dang, this pissed off a lot of people. He was basically saying Oliveira's easy work. Uh, Makachev's already acting like he's beaten all the guys that Oliveira beat. So your Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje. It's like, dude, those are hard wins. I don't know. It, I mean, Makachev's a beast, but dude, I don't know. I don't know if he actually beats those guys because he stands a lot more than Khabib. Like, a lot more. Um, I don't know. And... I think, like, Gaethje could give, like, Makachev 100% some trouble. Poirier, too, if he can keep it standing, too, as long as he doesn't get hit by the rear naked choke, which apparently is a problem for Poirier. Um, but, yeah, I think Makachev and Sarukin are two of these guys that are just, I don't know, red flag. They're talking a lot. I think they're both eventually going to get caught. Um Looking down this card, some other ones that kind of catch my eye. This is one of those cards, like, um, it's like maybe not like the biggest fights, but it, it kind of ends up like being like, I think it's going to have some bangers. 
um, Jimmy Flick is fighting. Um, let's see here. Yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, Rayoni Barcelos is coming back again. But yeah, it should be a, a good one tomorrow. Not sure, like, I don't want to, like, just throw out a ton of, like, predictions here just because, like, I mean, some of these are kind of toss-ups and not as well-known of fighters for, like, the casual fan. But, um, yeah, there there are some good ones here. I think the top two, though, you know, Sarukian versus Silva, um, and Vittori versus Cannoneer. But I think Vittori is probably going to get that done. And so, yeah, it should be a good card tomorrow. But, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of what I got, guys, uh, for tonight. Um, thanks, thanks so much for listening. Again, if you want to, you know, shoot me any tips, feel free to drop me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to reach out to me, you have any feedback, um, you can always shoot me an email too at ufcstateoftheunion at gmail.com. Um, if you want to shoot me a message, even on Instagram, it's just at BVOSP. You can do that as well, but, um, yeah, or even TikTok page for UFC state of the union, however you want to reach out or send a freaking carrier pigeon, however you choose. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for listening guys. Hopefully you're having a great week and we have some, some good fights tomorrow. Thanks. See ya.